0: I like to move and it. I like to move and move it, I like to move and move it, you like to move it, I like to move and move
1: it, I like to move and move, I like to move it, move it, you like to.
0: in Hawk, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of I Like To Movie Movie. My name is Dan Scully. My name is Garrett Smith. And I lied. It's not just an episode of I Like To Movie Movie. We're actually sharing this episode with an up-and-coming podcast that is recorded in the room uh, next to the one that I'm currently in, uh, in the apartment, because it is hosted by my lovely, better half, Miss Jenna Kersey
2: hello everybody uh this is jenna kersey sharing a wall with i like to movie movie today of uh depp impact otherwise known as i am watching all of johnny depp's movies and i don't know what to do with that information
0: that <laughs> didn't fit into spotify so Depp impact that's <laughs> no so depp Impact.
2: yeah it's not the only podcast starting during the COVID 19 crisis but potentially the only one named for a movie that the the subject of the podcast doesn't appear in <laughs> Sniper for Deep Impact. For some internet. reason,
3: that never occurred to me when you told me that title. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he's not in it. Elijah uh, Wood
2: is, though, and I was obsessed with Elijah Wood when I was a kid, so that's, that's he's in, applicable.
3: He's, he's in Deep Impact? I think yeah. he's like
0: the star of Deep Impact. I don't yeah, remember that at, at all. Morgan Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you <laughs> should spin off into, into a new one called, like, you know, like, a I don't know, Holly Elijah Wood, and it's Hollywood that's... from the eyes of Wood. Elijah Wood.
2: Would you jump rather. on
0: the imp on the deep impact train after you run out of Depp movies?
2: Yeah, you're getting close. It might turn into a Tim Burton uh, <laughs> spinoff because there's oh, probably like five time. left after that. That
3: makes sense. And actually, you could uh, just like you, yeah. yes. okay. you could also use the joke that we've repeated many, many times. I think in various formats about how uh, Johnny Depp uh, and Tim Burton and Helena Bonham Carter are all the same, same person. person. Yeah, uh, And just keep the podcast going by going through each of their filmographies.
2: <laughs> well, That's you start truth. to run out, because they've all been in the same movies. So <laughs> That's true,
3: over. right? Yeah. But <laughs> we're already the almost out of all of Helena Bonham Carter's career just by doing Johnny Depp's.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: And then when you run out of that, you bounce over to just
0: reviewing Jack White albums. <laughs> yes, yeah. he is also Tim Burton, Johnny Depp, and Helena he Bonham is,
3: Carter. By the way, he is a million percent, his entire persona is inspired by the movie Dead Man, which we were talking about yeah. today. Yes. As I was but watching that, I was like, "Man, people have made fun of me before for having a Ghostbusters tattoo, but Jack White based his entire fucking life on this movie." Yeah. <laughs> and furthermore, if you take Jack
0: White and add him to Dead Man, you get the Babadook. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So it's just like it's like a multiplying formula.
3: True. <laughs> uh, wait. Okay, Dan. Uh, have we properly introduced? Depp Impact. I want to make sure I'm not like, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, bailing on your intro.
2: No, yeah, I uh, the the funny thing about starting a podcast while well, you don't know what you're doing, starting a podcast, is that an intro is completely secondary to the uh, to the the podcast. So ah. yeah, it's uh, Depp Impact is a Johnny Depp themed podcast. I'm going through all 91 of his illustrious film, television, and video game voiceover appearances. Um, and his, his music videos, it's based on a show that my co-creator Val Dunn and I wrote called Johnny Depp, A Retrospective on Late Stage Capitalism. And when COVID-19 hit, I, I realized that I won't be able to perform that show again, probably for another year, year and a half. So I shifted gears and I'm taking things that I was doing anyway, a, i.e. Uh, watching all of his movies and turning them into a podcast because you don't have to be in a room with somebody for a podcast.
3: Yeah. And, you know, the beautiful thing about Johnny Depp is he somehow continues to work. So, the, <laughs> sure your does. stage show should be able to live on after COVID. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, I think that this has been a great year in terms
0: of just Johnny Depp related material generating itself. Yeah. So, oh, like, yeah. when you he guys go revisit sem- it as a post COVID show, there's just books and books of, oh, yeah. of Depp news that you can add into things.
2: Yeah. He won uh, Worst Celebrity Summer 2020 somehow.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, pretty bad. <laughs> did anyone
0: have a worse celebrity summer? I mean, I guess the only only person who probably had it worse was uh, was Amber Heard.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> T-
0: together, they're About really to vying for that top spot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't think of anyone else.
3: Dan, what did, what movie did you introduce the show with? I already forgot.
0: Oh, Hudson Hawk. Okay, does I that the hawk angle because of Bone Tomahawk? Love it. Awesome. Yeah. Right. Into it. I figured that because like I I kept looking up Bone movies yep. and. You know, F like if you still have the adult search filter on your IMDB, yeah. we've already we've exhausted we've all exhausted them. Yeah. But we have not gone past Tom's nope. or Hawks or even Tomahawks. Nope. There's probably a Chuck Norris movie or ten with Tomahawk Ooh, in the title. Yeah.
3: I know. You're probably like right.
0: Special Tomahawk Forces. Yeah. And it's just him in his jeans. <laughs> just
2: if you Google search Johnny Depp Bone movies, The first movie that comes up on IMDb is Dead Man.
3: Of course it is. Oh, (laughs) there you go. The poster has the title spelled out in bones. In In bones, bones, yes. The opening credits (laughs) is in bones that scatter. With the
2: 1995
0: uh, bones. Yeah, the bones. um, so, as a crossover for our podcast, that is yeah. what we're going to be talking about. We picked a Johnny Depp movie so that we can be on an episode of Jenna's show. Yes. And also, Jenna can be on an episode of our show. And so, the movie we all agreed upon was the 1995 Five. Correct. Jim Jarmusch alt-western
3: <laughs> comedy?
1: Yeah, Dead right. Dead Man.
3: I love this movie. I'm so glad we're talking about this. I'm like very excited to talk about this movie. I've been I listening love- to the score all day. It's so good. This movie is fucking vibe-tastic, my friends. It's all oh, yeah. about vibes. I finished it fucking it almost put me to sleep last night. The only time I ever saw it before was like 12 years ago. It almost put me to sleep then. I mean, that is the highest compliment. It's not a boring movie. <laughs> okay, damn, we've talked about this. It's such a before. good
0: movie to be in. Yeah. Um, and even listening to the score, there's still just like... It, like a kind of windy, just exposed microphone sound over the whole thing, yes. that even in the score is there. And as I was listening to it, I was just like, ooh, I'm by the fire, and I'm reading uh-huh. an old
2: book. Yeah, the score. Like, it
0: just felt great.
2: score yeah. written by Neil Young. Uh, oh,
0: that makes sense. I didn't even I think about that. credited as written and performed by Neil Young.
2: Yeah, well, because okay. apparently, <laughs> to make sure. Uh, they just showed him the movie, and he played along with the movie and recorded it.
0: That of course he did. Makes so, so he, much like, sense
2: sort of like vibed live with it, which you can totally hear when you're watching the movie.
0: (laughs) I want that job. Where's the job where they're like, just pull out your guitar and just fuck about while you watch a movie. I'd be like, okay, (laughs) can we call it the score? You're a genius. But I mean, no love lost to Neil, Neil Young, genius.
3: Yeah, I well, and I also love that it is not just that meandering guitar score either, which is great, mm. but there, it, it, he does, like, he dips into some other stuff. There's, like, a, a few other instruments that are used throughout and some other, like, musical pieces that are really good. Um, yeah, And I he just, finds
0: things to refrain upon, too. Yeah. Um, there's certain points where I was like, oh, that's disparate noises, and then you hear that same melody of disparate noises exactly the same later, and you go, oh, he's actually working within right. a musical thing here. He's just on a
3: different trip, man. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we've talked about this before dan i'm like uh, i'm uh, i don't know how i feel about jarmish i there are jarmish movies that i like a lot and there are jarmish movies that i really do not like i think are very boring frankly and like not that interesting to watch this feels like the perfect marriage of the jarmish that i know a lot of people love the sort of meandering
2: dry so dry. yeah dry <laughs>
3: and meandering and kind of um uh what's the word for this but like it's full of asides it's all you know yeah. there, there's really no narrative flow i think it's... meandering
0: is the word for that right yeah it, yeah it it's... doesn't there's no there's not a lot of urgency to his movies right. and i think when he finds the rhythm of that a la dead man yes. um you know th- then it works uh, okay, but then there's times head. where he doesn't find that rhythm and yeah. that's when people go, well, it's a hangout movie. Right. And I'm like, that could be a good thing. I like a good hangout movie. But, yeah. like, and I, actually, I'll bring this up because I remember we were polar opposites on these two movies. I thought Only Lovers Left Alive was just amazing. Right. Yeah. And, I and was then like... when we watched Stranger Than Paradise, I, like, could not vibe with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and was your a experience more was, like, pretty yeah. much the opposite. It's a yeah. wild thing to pin down.
3: Yeah. Well, I think that that's this movie, way. for me, perfect balance. This is the perfect balance of, like, plot. And meandering Jim Jarmish, like I'm just trying to be funny and weird. And like I got these three actors for one day, so I wrote a scene around them. Yeah. Like, you know, I like this is the perfect balance of that stuff for me. Like I just love Agreed. this movie. So here's something that I agree.
2: ask that I ask all my guests on my show. When I pitched that I was like, oh, let's do a co podcast sort of thing. Yeah. This like this was the film that y'all Kind of settled on why? Yeah. Why is that?
0: I guess because it's fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's a movie that that has a lot in it to talk about, and with yeah. some of the with the ones that I don't, you know, vibe with, uh, you know, in Jarmusch's uh, filmography, I can't figure out how to talk about them because I feel like they already just talked about themselves for two hours.
1: Yeah, and
0: so this one is one that I, I feel like it, it's pretty much just reiterating what Garrett just said that this is kind of the perfect mix of the art and the broad appeal. And yeah. it, it's just that sweet spot. So,
3: yeah. you know. Well, and and Jenna, I, I think, like, to so, like, we chose this out of, not necessarily Jim Jarmusch movies, we chose this out of, like, Johnny Depp movies, right? Yeah. And out of a, a dwindling list. Yes, yes. It was this but, or Private Resort. That's
2: not <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. From Hell is available.
3: <laughs> right, yeah. Some other yeah, bad Johnny Depp movies are available. <laughs> yeah, but, all but
2: forgotten one.
3: Uh, But no, but frankly, if you if you gave me the entire pool of Johnny Depp movies and said, like, you can choose any Johnny Depp movie to talk to me about, this is still the one I would choose. Uh, And partially it's because I think I'm not like a huge Johnny Depp fan to begin with. I'm not like not a Johnny Depp fan, but I'm not you know, he's like not necessarily one of my favorite actors or something. You don't think
2: about him all day, every day like I do. Yeah.
3: And then. Not to mention that, like, obviously he's had a a rough few years and like he, uh, I think has become maybe less appealing even just as like a movie star, right? Like Mm -hmm. all of that, I think contributes to me just going like, yeah, I don't know. I don't care about Johnny Depp movies one way or the other, except I have like, I only saw this movie once. It was like 12 years ago and it had a huge impact on me. Like I have never forgotten this movie. I really, really like this movie. Uh, And so I think I still would have chosen this, even if you had told me I could choose. Even if you told me, like, Nightmare on Elm Street is on the table. He's in it. He's not in it a lot. It's still interesting to talk about. I love that movie. I think I would still choose this movie. I I just really like this movie. And as far as it being a Johnny Depp movie, it's kind of interesting. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he plays the. I mean, this was part of his. Um, <laughs> uh, me as a scholar of Johnny Depp. Uh, <laughs> this is part of, like, his forgotten years, they call yeah. it, his filmography, because this came out the same year as Nick of Time. Oh,
0: baby. I don't even know that movie. Seen. Oh. Then, like. Nick he, of Time, baby.
2: Yeah, Nick of Time is hilarious. Uh, 90 minutes, six bullets, no choice.
0: I um, used at Blockbuster on VHS. <laughs> it's one of those, and it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But, like, he was doing all these weird kind of, like, he had branded himself as that guy, like, that quirky guy in Edward Scissorhands and Crybaby, and then he was starting to do these, like, hunky rolls and doing, like, like almost straight men, you know, like, I'm... I'm and I house, think it's, it's
0: worth pointing street. out, though, he, like, Edward Scissorhands and those were almost him running from hunky rolls, yeah. because, like, 21 Jump Street, uh, even in uh, Friday the 13th, he's, like, being hunky. And so he was like, no, I'm That's actually Dunn a real Street.
3: actor. I can do more. I was thinking about that as I was watching this movie, I was trying to place it in his career overall. Yeah. And I was trying to remember like, I, and this makes sense. I was trying to remember, I was like, was Edward Scissorhands before this movie or after this movie? Before. And it makes, cause it feels to me, this movie feels like the movie you would think an actor would make in trying to like get a little bit weird, work with an auteur do something interesting, but he had actually already done that with Burton who <laughs> yeah. at the time was like a weird auteur and like, and that was his way of stepping out of like the young hunk that like he was right? right. And so it's interesting then that maybe that gets him a role like this, that gets somebody like Jarmusch's attention maybe.
2: Yeah. Well, he had already done Ed Wood as well. Ed oh Wood my God. Yeah. Oh, no way. So like he had done Gilbert Grape, Benny and June.
3: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Some other, some bullshit. of his like,
0: some of the Both stuff of that his got
2: hit. Yeah. The
0: Betty and June, which had the exact career, same yeah. costume as Dead Man.
2: Uh-huh. yeah. And then That's... after this, he did like Donnie Brasco and Fear and right. Loathing, and you know, The Ninth Gate and The Astronaut's Wife, which like Fear and Loathing was not liked <laughs> when right,
1: it
3: came yeah. out. It's, our generation loves that movie, but it, it, yeah. it was not a, a popular movie. It was yet another Terry Gilliam movie that just kind of like came and went. Yes. yeah.
2: Sleepy Hollow came a few years after this, so like he was.
0: Sleepy Hollow was fucking big. I remember when that came out. I remember that, that, was, that was a splash. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I remember seeing this movie. My dad took me to see it. <laughs> That's <laughs> really funny. I saw yeah. this movie, the DVD cover of him sitting in the boat with the face paint on, in a shop right when I was a kid. <laughs> I would always ask the cover of this DVD, and I was like obsessed with it. And yeah. I kind of knew Johnny Depp from Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. But, like, I, as a kid, it just like did not compute that that was the same person because I was like, who is this woman sitting in this? <laughs> <laughs> and why am I like obsessed with this woman in this face paint sitting in this boat? And then I realized that, like, it was Johnny Depp. Much That's later. so funny. Uh, but I hadn't seen this film yet until, like, later in high school.
1: Yeah.
2: And when I was trying to go through his filmography again because I was obsessed. I wanted to be Jack Sparrow. Um, and just look at me now. So Dan and I watched this movie at the beginning of quarantine, I think. Right. Dan? Dead Man?
0: I yeah. think we watched it like last summer because it was a while since I saw it.
2: Yeah, and then we watched it again last night. So. Yeah.
0: So last night we we, man, it was fucking great. We I mean, watched it outside, which is beautiful too, because like oh, the yeah. thing blows
2: and you're like there, you know.
0: It was cool. So wait, the um, did we lose Garrett?
2: I think Garrett froze.
0: Oh, Garrett's frozen.
3: Let it go. Look at that Let beautiful stuff. Oh, no. Oh. Are you back? I think it kept recording that. I'm not really sure. I might have to go through this one and do some editing. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't That's know. Right. Right. Our right. internet has been awful. But we're good. I don't know where you left off. But keep going.
0: Uh... Oh, we we both finished talking, and then it was like it looked like you wanted to respond because you were frozen at like. You were just
3: like. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, Garrett wants to say something." Was oh like, no, I froze like a, a minute a ago. Together. I like lost you guys like a minute ago. I'm oh, so sorry. No, we frozen.
0: Okay. Well, we watched. Uh, it's it's been a while since because I I'd only just seen Dead Man like last year, and then right. last night we watched it out on our porch, and Jenna was saying it added like a really fun ambiance to it Ooh, because I like, like as the wind's yeah. blowing and you're sitting there by the fire with. Uh, lovable rapist billy bob thornton um, <laughs> it gets to be a real cozy time
2: which actually interesting that they share screen time in this because johnny deb's big thing when he claims amber heard cut off his finger and he wrote all over the hotel walls this was like a big thing in their libel case that like she sliced his finger blood was pouring out of it so he wrote starring billy bob and easy amber because he thought billy bob thornton and amber heard were having an affair so I mean, you probably were not Billy crazy.
0: Bob Thornton. He's like the most. I don't know what it is, but like the ladies love Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> That's a wild thing, especially when you, if your name's Billy Bob and you go to Hollywood and you go, I'm, I'm sticking with it. Yeah, yeah. he could have been, he could have been Bill
2: Thornton. Billy Bob, <laughs> amazing, Amber.
0: But Billy now Bob here's Thornton.
2: A, here's another challenge that I do on my show, for that I think you two would be fun trying to do. Yes, so yes. in like five to ten minutes. Could you, together, give the plot of Dead Man for people who haven't
3: seen it? Holy shit! We could do didn't. it in in. You could probably do it in thirty seconds,
2: but. It's yeah, I mean, do you think?
3: <laughs> if if I I mean if I I'm the type that would just go like oh it's like one man's journey to death it's his you know it's his guided trip towards death but that's the that's also the elevator pitch for the movie that's not necessarily a well, description of the plot that's
0: mm-hmm. the story. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the plot is a guy from Cleveland has a job out west. He spends his life savings to get out there to find that uh, there is no job waiting for him, and so now he's kind of fucked. And yep. um, he accidentally gets involved in a murder and is now sort of on the lam with yep. a uh, with a goofy Native American man. Yeah. <laughs>
2: That was pretty good. Yeah,
0: (laughs) was pretty good.
2: Well, I guess because with this film plot is secondary, like atmosphere is first, so it's like way easier. I asked a friend to to sum up the plot of Pirates of the Caribbean in 10 minutes, and they were like, no. That's not possible.
3: (laughs) That's why those movies are two and a half hours in the first place, because Mm -hmm. that is an impossible. You can't describe them in 10 minutes. You need all two and a half hours to get it across.
0: Yeah, because unfortunately. It's the compass. And yeah. so the compass has to get to Tortuga. And it points to the thing that you want, by most the is, way. It
3: like, depends on who, what
0: you want the most. And so if you actually do want it, but you don't, but then you want something else, sometimes the compass will tell you. So,
3: it like that to me. And I don't remember this movie well enough to say one way or the other because I slept through it in theaters and then never watched another Pirates movie. But Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> I think all three of us had that experience. Yeah, yeah, I slept. Yep, slept, never watched another one. Is Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest a sequel to Dead Man? I throw this to you, Jenna Carte
2: uh no
3: no oh, damn it Okay. <laughs> wrong
0: answer the correct answer is
3: it is if you need it to be <laughs> well that's, yeah, that's fun true. for you it's the best sequel they ever made yeah
2: and then the third sequel dead men tell no tales just skip it
3: you oh see, you get rid of that i didn't yeah. realize there was another pirates movie with dead men in the title
2: oh yeah Javier bardem is there
3: yeah oh yeah that and one he, and he's like
0: perfectly cast and it's just kind of stupid uh, yeah. It's it's like a lame movie but he's very excited and he's a ghost pirate and he does it. You know, it's good stuff.
3: I remember the wheel in the second one was cool and fun.
0: Everybody remembers the wheel.
3: Yeah. You know, it's yeah.
0: weird. I would recommend Garrett, this is going to sound so dumb, but if I would recommend that you just sit down one day and watch just the third one. Oh, because I would like the to. third one's not everybody's favorite, but it's yeah. Gore Verbinski, like really, really just fucking going. And he has a blank check and can do whatever. And there's, it's it's very long, but it's paced quite well. But it is still pretty. It's it's three whole hours. Yeah, it's like, I am
3: dying gets to watch it. A swing. level of madness yeah. that
0: is really really fun, and it's one of those where you go, I'm lucky that they threw infinity billion dollars at a pirate movie.
3: I am aware of what the finale of that movie is, and I've never wanted to see anything more in my life.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's worth it. Yeah, I want to see really him swing the, for the Really, the final action that. That sequence cool. is the last like hour and a half. Yeah, the first yeah. hour and a half is like we got to get to the ocean, and then in the ocean they're like ah, everything and everything's uh-huh. happening, and they're it's giving speeches. Part. It's oh, not so part
2: of the Caribbean uh, podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. twisted. Well, this does uh-huh. feature Johnny Depp in a boat, so there is a connection.
3: And wearing a headscarf at one point. I told I think, you guys, yes, Dead true. Man's Chest is a sequel to Dead Man. I'm I'm completely <laughs> sure. Into this I mean, idea. Whatever.
2: He does disappear into uh, the sea, and we don't see him again. So,
0: true. Yeah. Oh, what if it's a prequel to Jack Sparrow? That's how it all started.
3: That's what I'm I saying. mean,
2: it he would be less convoluted
0: than what the movie. movie
3: yeah, that's true. I do think, as far as like a Depp movie though, it's pretty interesting. Like his performance is—I don't even know how to describe it. It's like it—it—it it, it is in a weird way, unlike other Johnny Depp performances. And as much as he's like. He's not doing a lot, and I don't mean that as like an insult or anything. But he really is like toning down all of the weird quirkiness that he brings. We talked about this last night. A lot of his roles,
0: when Johnny Depp is is the weird person in the movie,
3: he's the weird
0: person in the middle of a less weird world. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's all. And so this is the flip flop. that. The Factory, he's yeah. sort of yeah, yeah, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I mean, like even like Edward Scissorhands, there's a reality uh-huh. where he's actually the most normal guy amongst this crazy world. But he's still the uh-huh. yeah, he's the aberration, though. Um, yeah. And so he always plays like the aberration where he's the one that's weirder than the world. And in yeah. this one, the world's just fucking weird. And he's a normal guy. Yeah. You know, was, like, as, as normal the... as it as it comes.
2: Yeah. yeah. And like that. And so was... He
0: plays straight as opposed to goofy is really what I mean to say
2: that was yeah. his like track at this point in his career as well because i i mean he goes in and out for me because we've like you know i'm an actor so we talk about don't put too much gravy on it if you're just like showing up to work, you know, if you're doing yeah. a movie, you don't want to put too much gravy on your performance because then it just it it's soggy because you're acting too much. There's, a, like, it, to there's a lot of
3: sauce in some Johnny Depp movies. A lot of sauce yeah. in some of those. Oh movies.
2: yeah, a lot, a lot of sauce. And you're like, yeah. you actually didn't. This is a
0: role play that play calls game. for no sauce. Like it it calls yeah. specifically Zero for break. like less sauce. Yeah. yeah, you have to be yeah. the straight.
2: Yeah, man. and like so get the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. that's kind of beautiful because he's an amazing listener and like. Johnny Depp at his baseline, because he's not, I mean, he's not a trained actor. Like, that, yeah, is, just, yeah. that is not the truth. Well, you
3: could tell he's a hot California teenager that got into movies. Yeah. It's he was like,
2: Kentucky boy. He moved to be a rock star. He got yeah. cast because he was a hunk. He played the pretty boy for a long time. Yeah. And then he just learned on the job, right. which is kind of ideal, because then you learn how to listen while you're just standing there and, like, trying to figure out how to act. Sure. And so he's a great listener, and then sometimes when he has to like do more than that, it it becomes a little messy and and forced, <laughs> and that's um, where you know like, he's
0: really good at he's stuff. really good at doing the reaction when something weird happens around him, and he barely moves, but you can tell he acknowledges it, like well that was strange, I'm just moving forward, Always. and like this is a role that calls for a lot of that and like as subdued as possible, whereas of course with like charlie and the chocolate factory when that happens it's like oh you know he he goes big with it It, it's it's sauce
2: yeah
1: it's It's chocolate syrup
0: really if we're gonna use the references
2: but you can see like and in this movie and edward scissorhands you can see similarities between the characters because they're watching a lot and like they're Mm. just letting things happen because either you know edward's not in control of his body a lot of the time or in this movie like He's uh, William Blake is not in charge of his body a lot of the time because he's injured most of the movie. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, nobody, the the indigenous character that comes and like kind of saves his life and brings him on the journey to death. Like you said,
1: Garrett,
2: he is manipulating William Blake a lot of the time because he has. I would even
0: go so far as to say (laughs) he's fucking with him. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, like he's he's very much enjoying fucking
3: with him. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That actor's uh, fantastic.
3: He's and really good. Has he been in anything else? Hold on. I've got it right in front of me. His he's name's Gary in Farmer and movies. <laughs> of course he has. I knew he looked familiar, but I got I got to look. I got to see. I'm sure I've seen other stuff that he's been in. Oh, okay. smoke signals. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's in Ghost. Oh, man. Oh, look, I've seen Ghost Dog. I don't
0: remember much of it. I did like it, but he also plays nobody in Ghost Dog.
2: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, this is Uh, Gary.
3: Oh, hilarious. That's interesting.
2: Gary Farmer, who is an indigenous actor, um, and he shows up a lot in a lot of stuff. And he's
3: so funny in this movie. (laughs) He's really funny in this.
2: It's so funny, too, because in a lot of Johnny Depp movies, I I wind up talking a lot more about the actors surrounding him.
0: (laughs) No, it makes sense, honestly. And this is a good movie for that because it's one where he just has to react. Yeah. And I, I think in that capacity, he often does elevate people around him, which is why I think he so often gets put as this focal point at the center of the movie. I mean, we watched it happen to the Pirates movies. He was a side character in the first one and then he ran the fuck away with that movie. So then the series becomes about him and honestly is weaker for it. Yeah. And like, this is one where he gets to be that anchor who's just like, tell me what's happening to me at all times. Please just tell me what's (laughs) happening to me. And everyone tells him what's happening to him and he goes with it. But it doesn't hurt that this movie has every great actor in it though.
2: And and yeah. some just great personalities,
3: like Iggy yeah. Pop. <laughs> like I said, every yes. great actor. <laughs> yeah.
2: He's so
3: good. Uh, Dan, Hart. who who is the guy that has the really grovelly voice? He's like one of the, he's on the crew with Lance Henriksen. Um, oh, the one that, that doesn't shut the hell up? Yes. I have no clue. Because so he was though. incredible. He's yeah. so funny. His voice is so distinct and unique. What was uh, that character's name? Do we that, remember?
2: Was that Conway Twill?
3: It might have been. Oh yeah,
0: Crispin Glover. We got to talk about him. Oh yes, yeah, we and do. And his
3: weird like dirt he's face. Like kind of, yeah, <laughs> like, he's like kind of in blackface. Black face. Yeah. yeah, but I think it's.
0: Well, I, I it's think it's a, he's a be, like, yeah, he's a coal worker. Yeah, he's a yeah, fireman.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's like a
0: coal Super, worker, <laughs> and I love that everybody <laughs> yeah, is also so just like weird. hoping to get uh hoping to bag themselves a buffalo because uh, we're allowed to kill the buffalo
3: yeah, yeah so I think uh, that is Michael Wincott, Michael Wincott is that yeah. actor's name. But what the hell I mean how have I never seen this guy in anything before he was incredible he's in tons of shit too of course he is
0: yeah he's in like a lot of things where he's not even remotely close to the star Yes. so it's just like he's that guy that's kind um, of the figure
2: I want though that's yeah like, right that's, the, that's think, the way to do it I feel like Johnny Depp could have done that I would
0: have yeah. been interesting. Been... I, honestly, I think because of, you know, with the whole Amber Heard situation, because the way it happened, where um, at the beginning it was just like, she's innocent, he's evil. And now we've all flip-flopped and it's like, he's innocent, she's evil. And the fact of the matter is they're both just like shitbags <laughs> with tons of money that, that are yeah. in an awful, abusive relationship. So but funny. I think because it flip-flopped that way and people are going to be like, no, he's pure again. He's gonna do some really, really weird shit. And I think the the bright side is it's probably gonna be fucking good.
2: Yeah
1: um,
0: but the downside is there's a lot of murky baggage that is now unavoidable.
2: yeah this um this movie, I also found it interesting. I, I don't know how much he was paid for it, but I think the budget was about nine million dollars, which is a lot of money for this movie. But wow. the five million they used, like this movie is known. Throughout like native cultures as actually uh, taking care to like not be offensive.
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> that's, that's cool. cool.
2: So they used all of their money, like they used a lot of research money and they didn't make any of that back. Like by all right. accounts, this is probably I'm, box. I'm people.
0: looking at the budget and box office now. Um the budget was nine million. Yeah, um, I knew would anyone like to guess what the box office was?
2: It was like Four
0: million. One million.
2: Yeah, like, Uh nobody went to go see it, but they actually spent the time and the money to, like, do it right, and I know, like, there are interviews with with Native actors or, like, people who were extras on the set or whatever, and they were like, it was amazing, down to, like, a decorative jewelry piece, Mm
0: -hmm. like,
2: the attention to detail, because they were like, we don't want to fuck this up. Yeah. Like we don't want to be, like, the, the stupid white man that comes in and is a stupid white man.
0: Yeah, yeah especially the movie's, like, discussing colonization yeah. in a way, yeah. you know? Yeah.
2: yeah. And, like, how these kind of, like, idiots are just constantly killing each other. <laughs>
0: you know, though, one thing that I do like about this movie is that just about every character is full of shit. Yeah. Um, Including nobody. But yeah. where nobody is wise is that nobody is completely aware that he is full of shit. And is therefore less full of shit than everyone else and is able to, as we said, like, kind of just like when uh, Johnny, Depp's, Johnny Depp, Johnny uh, Depp, when uh, Blake was like, I'm not going to go over there. They don't look very friendly. And uh, no, I, I'm not going over there. And he's just like, it, it'll be a trial. It's, it's a <laughs> yeah. test. And he's like, yeah. OK, I'll go over there. <laughs> like, yeah. So he's, funny. Uh, that's what I love about Nobody is like he he's just aware of what's happening. Yeah.
2: And as he's talking uh, about stuff, he's like, the stench of evil white man precedes him. And you're like, all right. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Okay. Stupid (laughs) fucking white man. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking love that. And also, too, he's... uh, I I like that... I like that he his history is this mixed history. So he has this mixed wisdom of his his tribe, as well as when he was shipped off to England to study, where he read William Blake. And then, because of his mixed heritage and and his mixed background, he is now a samurai because he has been abandoned by every one of his previous cultures. Yeah, is his name in the tribe was translated to what was it? Uh, uh, speaks he who loudly talks, without speaks, saying much, or something. Speaks like loudly, that. says nothing. Yeah, and uh, and but it's so great because he's probably the most educated people person among them. Yeah, yeah. Well,
2: he is the only one that knows how to read, besides yeah. William Blake, because they always pick up that letter from Dickinson. Yes. that like sent William Blake there in the first place, and every single cowboy that picks it up is like,
0: "What they
3: is?" They can't read for this? shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, can't read. They hand it to someone else and say, "Tell me what that says."
2: Yeah, like over and over and over. <laughs>
3: Did you guys get the impression? Because I I feel like when I saw this, you know, I, you know, I was like nineteen or twenty the first time I saw this, and I remember really focusing on the like journey towards death aspect of this movie. But this time when I watched it, I don't know why, but I was very focused on the punishment aspect of this, <laughs> where I kind of felt like the like. Yes, it was nobody guiding Johnny Depp's character towards death, but that did not necessarily mean that Johnny Depp's character was like noble in any way or like deserved a oh, good no. death. Like, I felt I really got the impression that this whole thing was about like, uh, you know, a guy that even the way he's dressed and stuff, like he looks so different from everybody else that he's like around, you know, yeah. uh, but also seems like. He's not done a lot. Like, he seems kind of full of shit, like, kind of right away. I kind of get the impression that this guy, like, is just a bullshitter that eventually, like, fucks the wrong lady uh, because she's, like, already taken, and that guy comes home to find him. And, like, this whole thing is kind of like a punishment. Like, the whole thing is, like, he kills a guy because he slept with this guy's wife. Like, that's the whole, like, result of all of this. And then it's, like, kind of on this, like, purgatory... Like, this is like purgatory almost. It's like he's passing some kind of judgment. He's not necessarily done anything enough to go to hell, but he's, like, certainly not, like, lived a life worth getting into heaven for, right? And so he's just, like, he's on this, like, purgatorial journey towards, like, whatever afterlife he's going to have, where basically he's, like, forced to kill again over and over again. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah,
2: nobody becomes, like, a Dante in
3: the Inferno. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think, too, that because I, I think you're right that there is, you know, th- this is but I think that is part of your journey towards death is receiving your comeuppance before the time runs out. Sure, you're not going kind to of think. Sure. But I also think in a literal sense, like nobody is purposely fucking with him a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's he's like justified in doing so because it's like, oh, you came out west because you thought you had a job waiting for you. Yeah. Well,
3: uh, hello. You know, yeah. and so <laughs> I feel like you he is also having, having a little months. fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. when
3: he gets there, by the way, Robert Mitchum, fucking, I only discovered Robert Mitchum when I watched Night of the Hunter recently, and I recognized his voice immediately when he started talking. You gotta watch Cape Fear. I I need to, yes. Uh, He has,
0: I wrote down one of his lines that uh, uh, Blake says, you know, like, I came here for a job, and he says, the only job you're gonna get around here is pushing up daisies from a pine box. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. The only job you're gonna get around here is pushing daisies in a pine box. I love pine the way box. he talks. It's like amazing. But Nobody I, talks like him. Yeah, it's like I really love that when he gets there. He's like, he, you find out that like he's like, yeah, dude, th- th- this was two months ago that we sent you this letter. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah.
2: Offerman is the guy, or whatever his name is.
3: Yeah, yeah you're a month too late. Yeah, I love what we find that out. Actually that actually
0: fascinates me, because I back in the day, if it was like, you've got a job out west, but you need to get out here in a month, that was a real thing.
1: Right.
0: And so he went two months. And so actually, you know what, maybe perhaps what you were saying, Garrett, you know, did he get delayed by something? Or is he the type of guy who ends up, you know, kind of fucking about and getting into these shitty misadventures? And then okay. we come on for the ride for his final one where he shows up late. Like, we don't know why he was late. It yeah. might have been because he just couldn't get out there. It might have been because it's the, you know, 1800s and it's just tough to get out anywhere. But yeah. maybe it's because he is a bit of a drifter and drifted out of line for a little bit. Well, we and
2: don't I, too much about him
3: ever. Like, we
2: know that difference. his name is William Blake. We know that he's an accountant.
3: But yeah.
2: Like, that's...
3: Well, and, I mean, even his name, William Blake, on one hand, you could say, like, uh, maybe that's actually his name, and he just happens to share the name with this poet, but nobody makes a joke of it the whole time, where it's like, like... yeah, dude, I know that's a pseudonym. It's a fucking poet's name. I've read that book. Like, you idiot. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not fooling me. Like, I know that oh, somebody's fucking- Oh, that's interesting. Like, me. William Blake's not his
0: name. He took the author's
3: name. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Although but maybe. he does
2: regularly say he introduces himself as Bill Blake. Yes. So it might oh. be like, like a, uh, you know, yeah, office like a space.
1: A, <laughs> yes, oh, yes, yes. Michael
3: Bolton. Yeah, 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 why yeah, should like, I uh, change my name? <laughs> He's-, He's Scully, where's Mulder? Yeah. Yeah. That kind yeah. of thing.
0: Yeah, I, and so maybe he's just like, please, not William Blake. But in the same sense, nobody probably senses that. Senses that is like, I'm going to quote William Blake at this dumb idiot oh. all day long. <laughs> so he's he's got the name William Blake, and he doesn't he couldn't you know name a single thing he did. But,
3: so Which, also, speaking of oh, what you guys are saying though, uh, oh no, Dan, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go uh, ahead. I, I couldn't tell if we were glitching
0: out. I was so, going to say, Garrett, because you'll get this reference. Do you know what William Blake painted? Uh,
3: no. Why? What do you mean? He painted the. <laughs> red dragon oh yeah of course yeah yeah uh yes from hannibal uh but the the interesting thing is the uh the uh oh god i lost my train of thought i'm so sorry red you just red dragoned me oh i'm sorry well we were talking
0: Uh, about uh, his name being william blake and nobody
3: the beginning of the movie is his train trip which does fucking go on forever Like, watching it this time, I realized, like, how long that goes on. And there is intent there, I think, on Jaromich's part, that it's, like, this is a really long train journey. And I was thinking about it, like... So when I was uh, younger, my mom's side of the family had, like, a family reunion in Montana. And for some reason, my mom and her sister decided to get Amtrak tickets to go to Montana. So I got to take, like, an Amtrak out to Montana. It was, like, kind of cool, right? But that was, like... I think a three day journey. I think, I think it was like three days from Pennsylvania to Montana. So let's say he went, let's say he was as East as he could be. And he was like in New York. And this movie is about him going as West as he could go. And it was California. Like at most. That's and like this is seven. not high speed rail. Sure. No. That's true. Yeah, like- This This is is probably half the speed of an Amtrak. This
2: isn't an Amtrak. This is a choo-choo train. That's
3: true. 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 (laughs) Like, what are we thinking, though? Like, could it possibly be three weeks? Is that like the, like, what's the, how long could it really be? Probably a week. I think the the
0: expectation is probably just short of a month because that's what they give you when you get that contract.
3: Yeah, yeah. Because I was thinking that, that, like, this movie's called Dead Man, and yes, we do watch him get killed and then, like, kind of take a journey from there or whatever, but, like, it's almost like he starts in purgatory. Like this movie starts with him on this like endless fucking train trip where he <laughs> seems to be watching like the same faces get on and off the train over and over again. And then like all of the sudden finally gets to a destination literally just called machine.
2: Yeah. He's yeah. Coming from Cleveland as well.
3: Yeah, Yeah. Like it just, I don't know something about it feels like he, we are already on this like, death trip with this guy, like from the moment the movie starts.
0: Well, an old cliche is if you're on time, sorry, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, you're dead.
1: You're fine. Okay. If
0: he's starting this movie late, then yeah. Yeah, that's, he's dead. Uh, he's dead. Well, there's...
2: nobody also seems convinced that he is the lost soul of William Blake. Yeah, he's and like a
3: reincarnation anything. of William yeah. Blake or something.
2: But like not really a human. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's also something in that too. I wonder where, like, yeah, similar to what you're saying. Like, does he start in purgatory? Is he like this lost soul that's just like in an empty body, wandering to the west because that's what
3: yeah. lost yeah. souls
2: do, you know? In this, in this world, uh, even
3: even in the actual concept of reincarnation, the idea is often that like, depending on how your last life was lived, this life gets lived either better or worse. Mm -hmm. And so is it the spirit of William Blake trapped in a lesser man, you know, or, or something like that or a better man. We don't know
0: where Blake was. Maybe he was a piece of shit. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
3: If he's a historical figure. (laughs) Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah. Also, if he lived more than 50 years ago, he was a piece of shit. He was. We're still pieces of shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Most of us are today. So I'm looking Uh, up,
0: um, what the uh, cinematographer did, Robbie Mueller. Yeah. Um, yeah it oh yeah.
3: Gorgeous. It's it's, it's kind of wild
0: because it's Paris, Texas, which is a Vim yeah. vendors movie. Um, we got a uh, repo man. <laughs> oh, oh man. wow But what's funny is I'm thinking about these movies now. And we talked about this a little bit last night, Jenna, how it was like, Oh, he did of course, coffee and cigarettes. Oh,
1: um, yeah, yeah.
0: When you're shooting in black and white, knowing you know like knowing that it's going to be in black and white you don't necessarily have to paint things to their accurate color so like when you watch something that was shot in black and white if you see set photos usually the colors are all like keyed up on set so that they create brighter whites more complex grays and and like deep blacks and this movie is very very big on contrast like that um it's still quite warm though and now knowing now that he did Repo Man, it makes sense. This 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 set was probably like pink as shit. I mean, <laughs> it was probably had a lot of like height and stuff. I'd love to see what um, Blake's initial suit looks like.
3: Yeah. It's oh, probably yeah.
0: got reds and stuff in it just because of the complexity of the black You white.
3: know a Twenty four hour party people. You know what uh, this <laughs> reminded me of a lot, Dan, uh, was Night of the Hunter actually? And Night of the yeah. Hunter, I've seen described in some places as like a western noir which yeah. is a apparently you know there are not there are not a lot of movies that are necessarily considered that sort of blending of genres and uh, this looked like that movie a lot i felt like yeah. but it also oh, yeah. felt like that movie in a lot of ways and i and i
0: i think I the casting of robert
3: mitchum is purposeful exactly i would be willing to bet that that's all intentional and that's why mitchum is in this movie Oh, without a doubt. I would be willing to bet that Jarmish is like trying to reference that movie in some way and specifically tried to get uh, him into this movie. No, I think
0: it looks a lot like that movie. Um, There was a shot early on that made me think of it specifically, and it's actually kind of a crass shot, but it's when uh, Blake first enters town and he looks in the alleyway and there's just a guy there getting blown by a prostitute. Yeah. And then the guy just pulls out a gun and the way that he's Mm -hmm. outlined and it's pointed right at the camera to yep. the uh, other side of De- oh, depth doing that reaction of like, oh, you know, gotta gotta go. Uh, uh-huh. It felt very much like a couple of the way that, uh, of shots were framed in Night of the Hunter. That's where yeah, it first yeah, clicked yeah.
3: with me. Yeah. Jenna, what were you saying? I'm sorry.
2: Oh no, I think that like the the noir Western or like the anti-Western, like yeah. that was a thing that was being explored around this time as well. Like in interesting. Movies. What
0: um, are the movies?
2: Uh, the Wild Bunch, I think, like becomes, oh. quote-unquote, anti-Western.
0: Okay. Um,
2: cool. I, I forget what I was... I was literally reading something the other day, and it was talking about... Right,
0: well, the, the Wild Bunch was 1969.
2: Right. But, like, not the same time then. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, anti-Western is a phrase that was kicked around describing this movie. And, like... Yeah, quote,
0: Oh, I would agree. Wild Bunch is definitely an anti-Western.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, like... Noir Western, I was reading something else about another Johnny Depp movie and I can't remember what it was now, but it was talking about noir Westerns and how like, you know, everybody asking for tobacco is like part of that film noir slash.
0: Uh, Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Because in a a film noir, everybody's smoking cigarettes. And in this one, like nobody is smoking because nobody has tobacco, (laughs) uh, which is interesting.
0: I also think that's fun too, because throughout the movie, he constantly doesn't have the thing that everybody needs. (laughs) <laughs> and then yeah. he finally has the thing, but nobody wants it, and he doesn't need it.
1: Yeah. Right. The uh, I, I
0: was gonna say, Jenna, uh, bringing up the Wild Bunch, uh, the a big connection there is with Sam Peckinpah. He directed the Wild Bunch, and so he is boldly on on his face. Jarmish has him as an influence.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. Like, that is
0: very very much.
2: Yeah, I guess that's why. I mean, they're like. That's why they
0: come up together. Correct,
2: kind of. Yeah. The um, oh, what was I gonna say? Oh, I also think that what's interesting about this movie too is that, like, <laughs> this is stupid, but everybody's cheekbones look really good, like, everybody's faces uh-huh. look really good in this movie, which yes. is very hard in black and white. I feel is like the sharpness of their faces is very clear, even like Billy Bob Thornton's facial hair. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, it's is so good, really
2: clear and we know who the characters are without knowing their names like they say their names so that's another film noir thing where they're like uh oh, well you're you're wild wild bill hickok yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, look yeah. who Sammy just kid. walked in
2: yeah. yeah and they always say them the to say who they are <laughs> and that's yeah. like a film noir and a western thing which is kind of fun because we meet these yeah. characters it's almost like they're like aware of the camera sometimes yeah yeah mm. which i think is both good and bad in this movie because i I actually hate the blackouts in between each
3: scene. I do too, Jenna. I, this is I, the thing that frustrates me about Jarmish in general. It's like, dude, tell your story. This movie does actually have a plot. It doesn't need to meander from scene to scene yeah. with these cuts to black. Yeah. It has a plot. It has forward momentum. Let it have forward momentum. Just cut from scene to scene.
2: Yeah, and you're a good enough director that, like, well, this is something that we learned in directing school, too, like, in college, is that... Directing is in the transitions. Like, yeah. yeah, you make it look pretty, but like a director's hand is shown in transitions between story. Mm-hmm. And I, I personally, as a director, hate blackouts. I hate uh, them uh-huh. because it's like, oh, how do you want to end this shit? Yeah, Damn, just it. black it out. I don't know.
0: Yeah, 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 it's yeah, like yeah. the fade Acting out in, in a song. Transitions
2: are so yeah. much better. Yeah, fade out on a song. It's like just end it. Please just don't just end just it be. on like a cha 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 or a bump. But like, figure out. Something. Whoa,
0: whoa. Well, well, always end on a cha cha cha. It can
2: always end on a cha cha cha, but but a, like a bomb, Hamilton has a lot of that bump, and that's <laughs> it's like that's like a black like a like a musical blackout.
0: Yeah, and that yeah. See, I, I agree that a blackout can be a crutch, but I actually really like it here. Um because I feel like if it went scene to scene, you would feel the lack of urgency that's built into the scenes. Yeah. And so by fading in and out, because like If if I think if it was cut together, you'd be going, oh man, are they going to catch him? Are they going to catch him? Are they going to catch him? But since it's fading in and out, I sort of take the attitude of like, well, if they catch him, they catch him. If they catch up to him, we'll deal with it. And I think it functions well for that.
3: I'm of two minds here because on one hand, I think that as this being the one Jarmish movie that I really like and I think really works, um, that is a Jarmish style choice. Almost all his movies are like this with these just like fade in and out, fade to black between every scene. Everything's vignettes. That's the word I was looking for before. His yeah. movies are just vignettes. They, that's all they are. They're a, they're an assemblage of vignettes, right? And he makes that clear by just putting those blackouts in between every vignette. He, that's how he works. It works here, I think, specifically because the story is this death trip to the point where eventually they're exactly, doing yeah. drugs on the death trip, right? Like, I, So I can kind of buy narratively that there is a narrative reason to include these fades to black. But Jenna, <laughs> I spent the whole movie I hate them. <laughs> clocking them. Every time it happened, I was like, God damn it. Another one. Yeah. Even though in this particular movie, I agree, Dan, they make sense. They actually work for the themes of this movie. My problem is just that like, this is part of what I don't like about Jim Jarmusch movies. I'm like, dude, tell your story. It's a movie. I know it's See, a movie. You know, it's agree, a movie. we're all here for your fucking movie. Make your goddamn movie. Yeah, get like,
0: get to the point. Yeah, <laughs> but since when does Jarmish get to the point? No, yeah. um, no but I I, I agree because in movies where it doesn't work for me, it yeah. doesn't work hard.
1: Yeah, yeah, like, yeah.
0: That, it, like it, when it'll happen, I'm like, oh. And this is one where I don't know the mood just really enraptures me. I'm, you, I'm in. I do I I, in I didn't even really movie. think about it until you guys brought it up. But, I, I, I think, mean, think if I didn't clock it, yeah,
2: because it happens so much. Like it's
0: a lot, and I've seen this
2: movie this before. Is a particularly so I was like, oh, really long movie. I do believe at the beginning I was like, "Oh, here we go with the blackouts!" Like,
3: <laughs> I guarantee you this movie is actually eighty-eight minutes long—the perfect length of a movie. But we spend an hour and two minutes in blackouts. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah.
2: And fade ups.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah.
2: But like in like, it works for coffee and cigarettes because that is a bunch of different it's movies assembled together. Yes. Yeah, and this one, it's like. Yeah, I, I hear ball. There, there's
3: narrative and... here, I think. You know, there, That's there. Just... It, yeah, yeah. There is narrative feel here like that you could get to. If if we
0: cut those blackouts, yeah. what does it look like? Yeah. And I feel like the energy to that suddenly becomes different, and suddenly becomes very much not what I'm into about this movie. Like I don't know what the fix is, if because I don't see it as a problem. But if it is a problem, I can't
3: figure out what the fix is. I kind of agree with you because at the end of the day, the thing I do like most about this is what people like about most Jarmish movies. That doesn't connect with me. I vibe with this movie. Yeah, I just love being in this movie and taking the ride with these characters. And so, the blackouts are part of that. Like they, you know what I mean. It's like that's all part of this weird vibe that this movie gives off.
0: I kind of like that. There's not a lot of urgency to his journey. Because yeah. it's one that he'll get there when he gets there. Yeah. And he's just kind of, you know, <laughs> if we take it on a literal level, he's just kind of flying by the seat of his pants in, in the woods. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if we take it on the metaphorical level, it's like, death's coming. Why rush? Yeah. And I feel like if it played like a chase movie, if he knew he was being sought after directly by... Uh, uh, Essentially, friends. Yeah, yeah, You know, uh, yeah. If if he knew he was being chased by them, suddenly the movie becomes about that and about how will he dodge them? How will he escape? How will he stay ahead of them? And like, I never at any point do I feel that because it's more just like, man, what an experience he is having. You know, like that's that's the feeling that you have. Yeah. But you know, it, it is one of those kinds of things. Yeah. Well, it's
2: kind of funny because Robert Ebert gave it a one and a half star review. Whoa,
0: that's... Robert Ebert. Or er, yeah, I yeah. guess. Roger Ebert.
2: Oh, Roger. Oh, my God. I mean,
0: Robert Eager.
2: So sleepy.
0: It's all uh, good. I'm just playing.
2: Yeah, but he said, Dead Man is a strange, slow, unrewarding movie that provides us with more time to think about its meaning than with meaning.
3: <laughs> that's pretty funny. But yeah, that's, that's, pretty that's accurate to how I feel about a lot of Jarmusch movies that yeah. I don't like. You know what I mean? If so you're going like, dis- to dislike Dead Man,
0: if you're going to dislike this movie, that's the angle to dislike it at, I think. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> that's that's probably... But that's like people who get upset when they're like, well, I didn't like that meaning, so I don't right. want to like this movie.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't want to think about stuff. I just want to watch him die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I want to watch the, the
2: beans, the pot of beans.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I wrote down that line. The best line in the entire movie, I laughed so hard, was during the scene with the fur trappers. And... uh uh, Iggy Pop's talking about how proud he is of these beans. Now they have possum in them, and he worked real hard on them and all that. And then Jared Harris is like, "These beans are shit." <laughs> and so Billy Bob Thornton tells him to shut his mouth, and he's just like, "Oh, shut your mouth and eat your eat your god, eat your good goddamn beans." And he says, <laughs> he says, um, "Well, Sully." I don't give a pig's ass. What anybody says, I still say you make a hell of a pot of beans. <laughs> that is such a good joke. You and, pulled and it's, that back, it's before so. we find out that they're a team of traveling rapists.
3: So it's still <laughs> yeah, like adorable
0: before it becomes like threatening how clueless he is. Yeah. yeah. But I just love don't give a pig's ass. It reveals that Iggy pop's name is Sully. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's it's a pot of beans yeah like, when i sit down for pots of beans which i often do yours sullivan yours is the best <laughs> I just, oh, I fucking love and it.
2: then like when and he says kill- it so
0: kindly he yeah, means he's it
2: so happy about it and he says it so fast which is so funny like yeah it's, it's amazing and
0: sully was so proud he was like i'll put possum in it and spices i worked real hard on it <laughs> like,
2: so- and then when Depp, well when william blake comes and kills them he the first thing he does is he spoonfuls the beans into his mouth and then he makes a face like these are good.
0: <laughs> <Yeah. goddamn> <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's
1: being Oh,
0: that's a great tur- uh, fun thing that they do in the script too when when him and uh Jared Harris are arguing over who's going to have William Blake and he's just like, you know, <laughs> yeah. "Oh, you got the last Philistine, I get this one." "Oh, is that the truth?" "Well, you know what? I had the last one and I'm going to have this one too." And then uh, he shoots uh Billy Bob Thornton in the foot. And he's really calm about it, but he's still like, oh, that hurts. Now I'm going to have to kill somebody. (laughs) He points the gun at Blake and he's like, well, I guess nobody's going to get you. And right as he says that, nobody's behind him with the knife and. Blake has that moment of nobody. And, like, I don't know what it's trying to say, but I love the idea that at that moment, there's a there's a tag that resonates for our character. I, I think it's actually even on brand that it doesn't really say anything. It's just, he said nobody, and that guy's name is nobody. Death is deep, man. Well, and and also, that's fun.
2: Yeah, it's also kind of interesting because nobody doesn't shoot anybody until the end of the movie. And, like, a thing well, that... He
0: shoots, uh, he shoots Iggy Pop by accident.
2: Oh yeah, that's right. Cause he's because he's playing like, with
0: the gun and blows him away because he right. was just looking at it.
2: But like he kills Billy Bob Thornton with a knife to his throat. Yeah, he
0: cuts his throat. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And throughout the movie too, it, it feels like they're like the closer they get to these Western ideas, you know, of like a gun, the the closer they are to dying. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: He takes his glasses and he takes away, like, glasses are such a, a Westerner thing. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. <they> glasses. <laughs> and uh, he sold
2: them. <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: he's yeah. Sold, yeah. and like. yeah. He's um, a capitalist at heart now. We got him.
2: Yeah, like, bullets and fucking stupid white people, <laughs> you know, like, Yeah.
1: It's,
0: yeah.
2: The, the closer we get to them, because even with Alfred Molina, like, this racist shop owner, you know, yeah. what's more Western than a trading post that they're giving syphilitic Blankets to
0: yeah.
2: oh, yeah. Native American tribes around the the town. Yeah, yeah. You know?
0: It is kind of funny too, like what he wears and like what is in front of every tobacco shop. Oh, just a wooden Indian chief. You yeah. know? Right. It's, it's yeah. very funny that he's in this place and he's like, "Can I have tobacco?" And they're like, "All out,"
3: you know. Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, and then William Blake comes in. He's like, uh, nobody straight up asked him, like, "Can you get tobacco?" And he's like, "Can I have yeah. tobacco?"
3: Yeah. <laughs> well. And before we before we get off the uh, the encampment with uh, uh, Iggy Pop and that crew, like I, I think it's very interesting that nobody tells him to go down there and and interact with them, right? And and he's like, no, I don't want to. And he's like, oh, it's a trial or whatever. Yeah. What what it we find out what we find out is we know what nobody knows is that all it takes is one white guy that those white guys don't know, and they'll all end up killing each other. Like what he knows about white people is that they will just kill each other upon the entrance of like any outsider element at all. Right. Like that's just a thing that he he, knows knows
0: that it's well, it's funny. He knows that it's going to be he knows that that by doing that, it's going to cause enough chaos that he can come in and take their horses. Right. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's he's the smartest one there. He knows that he's there to just rob them. and, And
3: but he can dress it up as a test. But it's also it's the thing that he really knows. I think is just that like, oh, white people kill each other. That's what they yeah. do. White oh, people yeah. kill kill things and and each other like that. If you know, you and you put so, two of them
0: in a room together, yeah. they're gonna fight. And I can yeah. get you know, one. I can I can get four of them in a room yeah. together.
3: He's like he's like <laughs> I understand that colonialism is just death and destruction. I can turn that against them, kind of. Yes. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. We've well, yeah. seen he, like, it played out. Of
2: says that, too, yeah, in his, like, origin
3: story,
2: kind yeah. of, about yeah, going
3: he's to school Yeah, it played He's
2: been
0: rejected all across the board. He knows exactly what people are capable of. Right,
3: and, 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 and it, the idea that, like, they educated him, but really what they taught him was, like, this education is meaningless, because, like, we just kill each other, like, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's,
1: yeah, he it's sends, pretty interesting. when he
3: sends uh, Blake down there,
0: the fact that he goes down and is ready with a knife Proves that that he's like because he's like I'll be nobody will be watching. That's what right. <laughs> he says. Nobody will be watching, and it's like yeah, he knows that this is like the 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 ultimate chaos element of putting yeah. these four guys together. Yeah,
3: it's pretty interesting. He's I like
0: I've witnessed you know I've witnessed what happened because he tells that great story where he's like you know and I went to the city and there was all these white people here and they kicked me out and so then I went up to Philadelphia and all of the same white people had also moved <laughs> too and <laughs> yeah, I, I don't yeah, know yeah, how. Yeah. I don't know how they were able to get all of them to a new city so quickly. Yeah. And like, so he's one, he's, he's face blind, but yeah. more importantly, he's just like, well, this is just same shit, different day. Yeah. Yeah. You know so yeah, thinking, so I think you're right. He's, he's he knows telling us that they're going to, they're going to kill each other.
3: Yeah. When he's telling that story, I was thinking about the movie dark city, but I was thinking about like dark frontier where it's oh. just like these, the, the tuners, like the, the aliens, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they're just like, they're indigenous people, and they're just, like, tuning the cities. They're just, like, moving white people from city to city overnight, you know? <laughs> well, Let it's, them it's, fight.
2: It's yeah. funny, too, because, like, the three trappers, like, the three hunters in the beginning, then the three beansmen. <laughs> yes. yes <laughs> yeah, yeah. The same guys, but yes. different. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, the, well, they even look the same. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, there's the the tall black one, although, you know, the beards are different. Yeah. Yeah, they have, they all have, like, the same vibe. Yeah, it's totally true.
2: I that's also love funny. that they kill the kid and they just keep saying, he, he's just a boy.
0: Like, yeah. yeah,
2: he's just a boy. Don't kill him. He's just a
0: boy. There are some smart choices though. Like one of the cool things when um, Lance Henriksen kills Michael Wincott, um, all up until that point, Michael Wincott's the one that tells the kid, like,
2: yeah,
1: don't turn dangerous. your back on him.
0: He will, he, he fucked both his parents. Both of <laughs> his parents, yeah. <laughs> he's like, he does not give a fuck. But throughout the movie, consistently, Michael Wincott's character always rides out in front, yeah. and that is what ultimately leads to his doom. He's he's got his back turned on Lance Henriksen 100 percent of the time, yeah. uh, unless unless he's in a situation where it's physically impossible for him to be that way. Yeah, and talk. it ends up leading to his just talking, talking, talking. Never yeah. shut the fuck up. Oh
3: That's man, so- I'm stuck I, here I with I a guy who doesn't talk character. and a guy who doesn't shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Loved that character so much. Yeah, and I mean Lance Henriksen is really interesting in this movie too because yeah, it's like that story is told about him, and you're like, that's fucked up, but also whatever. These are like cowboys on the trail trying to maybe like scare the kid or whatever. And then like pretty quickly, like Lance Henriksen's character makes it pretty clear that like, oh, that was all true. That real stories, real yeah, yeah. stories are real. Uh, he's a real he's scary eating man. Guy. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. Eating and then a he eats guy. his yeah. arm yeah. slowly and yep. deliciously yeah, for yeah, yeah. a long time. It's pretty intense. Yep. And then it's just like, oh, yeah, he's a fucking psychopath cannibal. Like, this guy is the devil. He's actually, like, the devil on the trip. Like, basically coming for William Blake's soul. He, if William Blake is a lost soul, this is the devil coming to reclaim him. And maybe nobody is, like, some sort of spiritual guide. Like, look, dude, it, you maybe can redeem yourself of, of your sins and, and have a better death than this. But if not, this guy's coming to claim you. Like, he's he's hot on your tail, you know? Did you read... The uh, entire Dark Tower? I did not. Okay, because that begins,
0: of course, with, you know, yes. Roland fled, or, uh, I forget. Oh, yeah, the the man in black fled West and Roland was chasing, and that kind of thing. And it is a similar sort of thing in that we have these two characters. Uh, I don't want to say good and evil because we don't know anything about Blake, but we're just going to go with good sure. because the man in black is like outright. Definitely evil. evil yeah. Evil, like right. beyond. Uh, and so, you know, it is that is a classic Western trope. I mean, the uh, uh, Dark Tower begins as a Western. Yep. And it's funny, too, because I don't want to say where Dark Tower ends, but to our listeners, anybody who's read it, know that Dark Tower ends in a pretty heavily metaphorical place that that says a lot about both Stephen King's writing style, but about this trope of going on the final adventure and what the final adventure actually means. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I think this movie is just, filled it, it's replete with it
3: yeah yeah i mean it's called dead man right so like one way or the other it is his final adventure like it, yes you know, whether <laughs> yeah. we believe he's not already dead or dying he's you know that, that it's the final adventure
0: and that's that i believe is probably from westerns that phrase itself because it comes from at least as i understand it my first exposure to it is in like we're gonna duel in the morning so you're a dead man. Yeah,
3: you're a dead you know, man.
0: Dead man walking. You know, that dead is all man very walking. much. Dead man walking is a Western. And so, you know, there's always the tie between Westerns and samurai flicks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But that's always the thing, which is, you know, if you look at Ghost Dog, one of Ghost Dog, that's, which is an awesome Jim Jarmusch movie that apparently nobody's in. Um, <laughs> he, uh, and yeah. playing, playing nobody. But it makes sense that he's in there. I actually would love to watch it again. One of the things that ghost dogs, one of his tenets is meditate on your death every day, and he always meditates on his own death every day, and that is such a classic samurai cowboy, any kind of thing, which is just we're all gonna die anyway, so keep moving, keep yeah. moving, you know become friends with your death and outrun it as long as you can. but the fact of the matter is you you can't outrun it, yeah, yeah, yeah that's just that's as Western as it gets,
3: yeah yeah and I, I i couldn't stop thinking about the like the kind of like punishment aspect of this where it's like is william blake being punished and the devil really is on his tail coming to claim him for those misdeeds and is this like a is this a redemption journey or is it just like dude it like this shit is coming like you gotta pay you know yeah.
0: wrong time
3: yeah. all
0: right yeah <laughs> and i feel like I don't know if it's even one way or the other in that he has to pay or he's cleansed by the end. Right. I think it almost speaks to just the inherent chaos of it all that it's like, if he were to pop awake in that canoe, he's probably a different man than when he first started this adventure. Yeah. But to say that he avoids further punishment or didn't deserve any of the punishment he got is, is a tough call to make Yeah. because he's not, you know, whether he's a good man at the beginning, you know, we can talk about forever, but like by the end, like he's done some shit. Whereas yeah. he might be more wise, he's definitely now a killer. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. whether it was justified or not can be argued later and all that. So it's like he comes out of the journey different. Uh, is he saved? I don't know. But the rules of life are you kind of just have to take <laughs> take what you're dealt until you die. You know.
3: I mean, there's I was thinking that there's an interesting aspect to like at some point nobody says to him, uh, uh, nobody is talking about him being William Blake the poet. And he says, like, your your words were your weapons, but now this is your weapon. And he, like, hands him a gun. Mm-hmm. And I do think the movie is a lot about, like, white men and guns and death and, like, the way white men use death as a It has sword, a very whatever, heavy right?
0: colonization streak. Because yeah, even sure. there, it's like, you don't need your words anymore. You have this barbaric piece of machinery, yeah, which, but, as demonstrated by, you know, the whites coming west, works. Sure. Yes. But my
2: for a while yeah yeah yes yeah <laughs> for a while yeah. and
0: then and then you know the man in black comes Judge to collect
3: becomes, yeah. yeah but i'm curious because like there's an interesting aspect where he says like these are your words now and i think the way that scene is presented is like uh, not that that's a bad thing like i don't think that that scene he's presenting that as any sort that actually seems like some sort of like because then as the movie progresses from there blake gets better at killing yeah. Uh, and by the end, it is almost, uh, again, in the film's own language, I think, shown to almost be like a, a heroically good at killing. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
3: And I thought that that was kind of interesting, that by the end, like, there, I, I don't know what to make of that. I really didn't, because I I feel like there is a heavy streak of colonialization. There's a heavy streak of, like, uh, uh, sort of pointing out that white men are violent, like, at base nature. And that, that I think is bad, I think is what the say, saying. But... I, there is a weird element of like these are your words now, and then he uses those words to kill. But it's almost treated as like a, a, a moment of progress or growth for that character that he's become. That's
0: a Western just, thing because yeah. like you ever see Unforgiven? I,
3: I haven't actually. Oh,
0: dude, Unforgiven is amazing. Yeah. And like, so I won't say it about Unforgiven them, but there's there's plenty of westerns where the idea is, the hero steps out and and does the thing where they go. I'm going to do the wrong thing this time.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: then I'm going to eliminate myself from this equation. Mm-hmm. It's the samurai thing. It's the ghost yeah. dog thing, which is, yeah. I'm going to do this battle for justice. I, it, I mean, it's Kill Bill even. like yeah. Her whole thing is like, I know that this isn't the correct way to do things. Yes. But this is how I'm going to get it done. And whatever yes. comes of that may. Yeah. And so when he's receiving that gun, I, I think it can actually be a little bit of both. Because there is the statement that's just like, I've watched colonization happen. you don't need words, you just need your boomstick.,
1: yeah, but yeah. it's also
0: like you want to stop death from coming. Here's a great way to do it, cowboy.
1: And yeah, yeah. cowboy
0: goes, I will stop him, and then well, know, then I'll reap what I sow. you know.
3: you just unlocked a very interesting aspect of this. I didn't even think about that. The idea that like, look, white man, if you're gonna keep running from death, here's a way, but the uh, you know the price that you have to pay for that is you're gonna have to kill with that. Like, yeah. yeah, you can yeah. stave off death for a little while longer, but the result is more dead bodies that will be at your hand.
0: Yeah, yeah you can I lose your soul you in the were... process.
2: Yeah, that yeah. thing you were handed will probably be the way that you die as right. well. Right,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's I bought you interesting. some more time. Yeah. yeah, that's
3: very interesting.
0: It's like in uh in the dark Knight when uh, <laughs> when uh, Lucius is like, We're gonna use this technology, but yeah. uh, I'm against it. And yeah. so and so and that becomes a Western thing where it's Batman does use it. He does save the day with it, and then he destroys it, which is right. like wonky ethically, but he did the cowboy move, which is, I'm going to take the step that no one else is going to take yeah, because I'm the person who knows that it's wrong and can stop. Right, and right. every cowboy takes that bet, and then they realize that, no, they're not going to stop unless they die, so it's always a suicide mission.
1: Yeah. And
0: so, yeah, I, th- I think very much introducing the gun into things can be both because it, it is like, yeah, you can be the hero with this gun. But uh, it does not mean that you're good. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you live long enough to become a villain. Is that also (laughs) Dark Knight? Yep.
0: (laughs) But it's true. It's like, you can save the day today. But, you know, tonight, when we count the bodies, you're going to have to deal with that part, too. Which is usually why the cowboy dies.
2: (laughs) Almost always, yeah.
0: (laughs) That's That's how you earn that little bit of ethical edge. Because if... If Batman doesn't quit at the end of Dark Knight in that at the end of uh, Dark Knight Rises in the real world Batman, people would be like, all right, well, this Batman's kind of pushing the limits of what we're (laughs) comfortable with in terms of of the law here. And, uh, you know, but if he quits, then it's like, well, he saved the day and nobody do that again. (laughs) The Same thing when the cowboy, you know, sets up the whole thing and he dies. It's uh, what's his name? Buster Scruggs. He was ready to die in a duel. Because he knew he was good enough to be a good cowboy, but he didn't deserve to die a happy old man. No. No, no, no. He's got to go. He
2: went
0: up swinging. He went up singing. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) That's actually something that I think is uh, fun about this Jarmusch movie. And I don't know if it's just because of the whip smart nature of the slow spoken comedy or if it's because of the inclusion of Billy Bob Thornton, but this has Cohen elements in it. Yeah. Um, you know, and and that's just a, that's a spice that if you put it in anything, it makes it better.
3: You know what else this reminded me of, Dan? Uh, and I guess you would say that the movie I'm about to say reminds me of Dead Man. Uh, but, uh, Damsel, uh, I felt like had a lot of oh, Dead yeah. Man in it. Uh, that's definitely uh, like an alt-western. I haven't seen that.
0: You would love very good,
3: Jen. I think you would dig it. Um, and, and specifically, the aspect of it that it really reminded me of the most, where I'm like, I bet Damsel is kind of almost like loosely based on just like an aspect of Dead Man that those filmmakers really liked, which is William Blake is this well dressed man in a time and place where there are not well dressed men. Uh, and and is you know, just by having even what we might consider a little bit of money is way out of place everywhere else in the world that he's in. Um, that, do you know what I'm saying about uh, yeah, uh, Damsel I exactly when I say what that? Dan? Yeah,
0: the very beginning of Damsel, where the Zellner guy from, uh, yes, the director of the movie and I, from, I was uh, thinking
3: about that too. That that's a similar yeah. opening, actually, in an interesting yeah, way. Yeah, when
0: he meets up with Robert Forster, and yes. those are two real Western characters that meet at this little stop. And that's not who the movie's about. But it like right. perfectly lets us know how much of an aberration to the status quo uh, Robert Pattinson is. Yes. And thus, someone like William Blake.
3: And it's very similar to the opening scene with Crispin Glover in this movie. Yes. Where a character that is not part of the movie kind <laughs> yeah. of cues us into William Blake's unique nature in this universe, right? Mm. And like That's kind of the purpose, I think, of that well, when everyone's shooting the buffalo
0: or... out the uh, out the uh, train, William yeah. Blake's the only one who doesn't see this as a normal thing that people do. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: What the fuck is happening?
0: <laughs> what? Is, is there a noise?
2: No, that's the William Blake.
0: <laughs> oh, I thought, because we're, uh, you're it looked like you were concerned about something. We have a lot of construction going acting. on around our apartment right uh, now. You're a good actor. I was,
2: acting. <laughs> I was doing the Johnny Depp wide eye and look to the right. He always yeah. does that. That's yeah. like a this movie. He goes,
0: what? Yeah. Yeah, and if he's Jack Sparrow, he does that, but it's bigger. Where he does like a whoop first, yeah, and
3: then, and then he wiggles his fingers, and then he runs away like
2: uh, That run is the best run. <laughs> uh, I,
3: I do for our listeners. It has been very entertaining for me to know that the two of you are currently in the same apartment, <laughs> but I know you're in separate rooms. But every once in a while, I see you turn your heads towards where I assume <laughs> you can hear each other's voices coming from. There's a vent in uh, in yeah. between
0: the two rooms. That doesn't seem to connect to anything except the two rooms. Like, if we were living with parents and we were grounded, we could pass things
3: through that. It's just, like, it's a very unusual experience of, like, now I'm getting used to having, like, Zoom conversations with the people. And I know everyone's in separate spaces. So you appear to be in separate spaces to me, but there's little hints and cues that you're... It's like The Shining, where he's, like, just putting furniture where it shouldn't be. And I know something's off. I Like, I know something's wrong there's a you slight to delay with me this way yeah
0: like when i talk it's like that long and then it comes out in the in the earpiece it's like i'll hear <laughs> jenna say something yeah. and then it's like ever so slightly off yeah. so it's like the echo almost comes first yeah. so it is a little unsettling at points when that happens and you go ah, it's a backwards echo
3: very strange
2: yeah no i also stuff. like this is the only blank wall in my apart like in my room that i had to clean off because of covid because I had yeah. to make all these self tapes at my room. <laughs> walls oh, are no. covered in shit. <laughs> yeah, not literal I, shit, just
0: stuff.
3: <laughs> my walls are getting naked because of uh, trying to move. We're like starting to pack boxes and stuff. You know, it's uh, gonna be crazy it. though. Thanksgiving's gonna roll around. And you're gonna be done. I know. It'd be a do. homeowner
0: that's in, and oh. all of the work's gonna be like nothing.
3: I can't wait. I'm like the my problem now is I want to move today. I want to be in my house. I want I yeah. want my house that I have bought. But uh, it's like a month from now that I get to do that. So uh, enjoy Murder House when you got it. Yeah, I know. I know. We're tra- guys. We're trying to think. By the way, we're trying to think of a name for the new house. Now, the the it doesn't. You know, this house just called to us, Murder House. Like we knew this house was Murder House. <laughs> the new house doesn't call to us like that. So we're trying to figure out like what is the new house called? We feel like we want to call it a manor of some kind. We really like manor as like uh, as a title, but yeah. we don't know. We don't know what. It's not Murder Manor, because we just came from Murder House. We feel like it's got to be something (laughs) manor, though.
0: Well, I mean, this one, if the other one was people were murdered in it, let's go Supernatural. Oh. You know, and make it, because, like, a manor, there's never, like, oh, come to our manor where the murderer lives. So it's come to our manor where our grandmother often sings at night, even though she's been dead 30 years. I like Mm -hmm. that. I like that. The fountains
3: come alive! And then, you know, like, whatever it is. Do you have fountains? We don't have fountains. I'll okay. try and get one so that this works. Um, but I am going to Google poltergeist synonyms right now. Oh, there you
0: go. And also, listeners, if you're listening and you have a name for Garrett's house, <laughs> that uh, <laughs> specifically one that... that I mean, and f- go wild with yeah. whatever whatever names you come up with. But if you can incorporate manor, that much better. But if you got oh. something else that's like wilder, go for it.
3: I might already have it. Apparition Manor. It sounds like a Ooh. fucking Michael Jackson song. Apparition
2: cool.
3: lane. Do you live on a street or a drive or a lane? Uh we live on an avenue. Oh, electric avenue. avenue. It's electric manor, baby. Oh, oh. we gonna rock
0: onto Electric Avenue. Yeah. yeah. I never don't associate that song with the beginning of Pineapple Express.
3: Nope. I know me. Neither. Um,
0: because I love it. they're like, yeah, man, take that shit to the next level. <laughs> 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 Rock it up to Electric Avenue. It's so good.
3: Have you guys ever so heard so of this so word good. before? Apparently a synonym for poltergeist is Kelpie. Kelpie? No. I feel like K- that
0: would be a cute name for a cartoon ghost like Casper it's, and
3: Kelpie. Really K-E-L-P-I-E. Kelpie, as in water nymph. Oh, okay. Mm. Maybe that's
0: where kelp gets its name. Because people want to fuck it. It's,
2: no.
3: <laughs> it's science. It's science. I've already checked Hold it up. out. See definition of after
2: memory. a kelp, right?
3: In Scottish legends, a water spirit usually having the form of a horse reputed to cause drownings or to warn those in danger of drowning. Water
0: horses that tell you that you're going to drown. That is Kel-
3: absolutely Kelpie. horrifying. Well, you guys are going to get invited to Kelpie Manor. Uh, Kelpie Manor. For no, it's got to be Kelpie party. Stables. <laughs> yeah, yeah everything is healthy
2: and...
0: all right i
3: have completely derailed our uh, dead man podcast it's so, okay i think we should
0: see what What do we, anybody have any finishing
3: thoughts on dead man or oh, any recommendations you want to make this is a horrible thing that i'm about to follow up on uh, but uh jenna you were mentioning how good the photography is in this movie especially and dan you were talking about how uh difficult it is to like uh light faces in black and white and stuff yeah uh iggy pop has got to have one of the most uh, craggly, insane faces He's, he's so
0: craggly. He's uh, the aggro
3: crag. And he looks amazing in this movie. Like, he, yeah. everybody is, like, uh, you're right, is, like, so well lit in this. But yes, and, like, so distinctive. Their features are, like, so, the contrast is, like, really high, I guess. I don't know. It's I would
0: like, love to see what this looks like not in the camera that it was shot yeah. on. I bet there was a lot of really 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 thick caked on makeup and foundation on yeah. everybody yeah, because sure. that shit will make every crag glow if you yeah. don't cover it like if you're shooting in black and white and you're shooting oh I don't know Iggy Pop like <laughs> you you have to you have to fucking paint over yeah. that and so yeah good good job to the uh, to the makeup department
2: This is the at least the second movie that Iggy Pop and Johnny Depp have been in together because oh, uh, Iggy Pop plays uh, Belvedere Ricketts in Cry Baby.
0: Oh <laughs> yes, yes Do he does
2: indeed. Crag, Craggly, he's he's rickety.
0: <laughs> well, that's a John Waters movie. It's all about crags. Yeah. So crags is needs- a reason for the season. Yeah,
2: yeah. What if they went in and like straight? I mean, they probably did just like organized pox marks and stuff and like. Oh
0: yeah.
2: On their faces.
0: They, I also think too. This was uh, this was 1995, Iggy Pop. So instead of being, you know, completely and, and utterly destroyed, he was just mostly destroyed. So we got to give some youth some credit.
2: Yeah, he was younger.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was a little, little bit younger.
2: I guess I, I don't know. The other like interesting, th- Johnny Depp has this like strange attraction to native stories. And it's, like, part of because he, like, claims he's Native American. <laughs> this is, <laughs> like, part of that time in his career as well, because then he directed a movie right after this where he, like, played a Native American character, I believe.
0: The Brave.
2: The Brave, yes. And Which he does again in
3: um, fucking Lone Ranger. Lone Ranger. Right?
2: Ranger, yeah. And I think that he does have some, like, Cherokee in his blood, question mark. Um right. But I also thought that that was interesting that, like, who's the other person that... The, the tribe kind of like allows into their world and it's this this white man who potentially has native blood in him, you know? Oh, yeah, I mean yeah, that's yeah. just something that I thought about knowing yeah. more about Johnny right. Depp than a normal person would. Yeah. Yeah. But that was something that like
0: poked he loves there. that stuff. Yeah. And even like his uh even his fucking Instagram is very much like I'm a man of the desert and salt. Watch me play this guitar.
2: Well, for this movie- Depp
0: translates in Cherokee to man of many bracelets. (laughs) Who needs none?
2: For this movie, they put out all this promotional like music video stuff. And it's just Depp like walking in a desert and like reciting William Blake poetry to Neil Young's soundtrack.
0: (laughs) Oh, on Criterion where we watched it, there's a ton of deleted stuff that we should definitely check out. (laughs)
1: Oh, yeah, Yeah, it should. yeah there's
0: uh-huh. like a ton of deleted stuff and like people talking about it.
3: That's Is interesting.
2: 71% on Rotten Tomatoes as well. Would you agree? I
3: think? Oh, well, I'll tell you this. I gave this movie five stars on Letterboxd. Agreed. And, and I, I, you know, I guess I might be a little uh, lenient with my five stars to, to some extent, but not that much. Like I, 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 it takes a lot for me to, there's a lot of stuff I really like that I just four star because I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I like this movie, just fucking gangbusters, 100% works. Like, everything that this movie is doing for me just totally works. I think it's like one of those movies that's just like achieving every goal it sets in front of itself. Like, it, like, and as far as like talking about it in the context of Depp's filmography, like, it's definitely one of his. Quieter performances, but I think one of his more interesting performances, too. Like, he, you know, um, there is a subtlety to this uh, that includes some of that subtle humor he's able to do with some of his sort of like saucy overacting, you know? <laughs> it um,
0: shows range within his yeah, range.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I agree. I gave this a perfect score the first time I watched it. I'm going to do yeah, it again. I, I just think this movie's stellar. Like, I, I, I so 71%, I, I would say, it doesn't surprise me for this movie. I don't think this is a movie that is for everyone, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: but and I. You think also have to remember, really good... too, Rotten Tomatoes is a good mix of reviews of when it came out, Right. reviews of subsequent DVD editions right. being released, and reviews from bloggers later in life. So, like, yeah. that has probably, I would say, probably raised with time. I would bet. But that, that... tends to, you know, yep. go up and down because, like, you know, as we
3: saw, only a million dollars. But yeah. I, I would guess the same, Dan, that the critical response has probably only gotten more positive to yeah. this movie over time would it's be my guess. iconic with it, if
0: anything like this is yeah. a movie I knew about long before I had any interest in seeing it because I'd seen the poster. It's yeah. a compelling I mean, you know, looking thing.
3: I could also see this movie being uh, I could see a, a, a different critic going like this is one of those fucking douchey college like, yeah. oh, you think you're so fucking smart? Dude. Do you like your fucking art movies, guy? Uh, like I could also see and I think almost agree with like somebody being like, yeah, just one of those fucking like dumb like whatever. <laughs> Cuz I think when I was 20 and saw this movie I was like, wow, what a fucking deep movie about journeying towards one's death. And now I'm like kind of I still feel that way but also recognize that it's like uh there is an in- there's still like a, yeah, it's a weird Johnny Depp movie aspect. Of it. You know what I mean? It's like I, yeah. I, I could be of both minds about this movie now. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I feel like 71% sounds about right for what a movie like this would probably garner from that.
2: Yeah. It has an 88% like audience score. So that I feel okay. a little bit more aligned with, yeah.
0: I guess. And I think, too, that it's one of those things that... Uh, I imagine a lot of the negative reviews come from the same angle as the way we were talking earlier about a negative review for Jarmish, which is like, eh, this one didn't actually like. It doesn't up for
3: connect me. with me. Yeah. Like it just yeah. didn't
0: this the, the Jarmish thing didn't work this time.
3: Yeah, did. you know what else I couldn't stop thinking about watching this was um The Dead Don't Die. Yeah. This movie I think has very similar kind of vibes and like ah uh, um the way it moves narratively is kind of similar to that movie. I the humor is identical. Yes, it is. And I did not like that movie very much. <laughs> this movie, five stars across the board, incredible. That movie, not so much into it at all, really, even a little bit. And they I like very dead similar don't die,
0: movies. But The Dead Don't Die, one of the reasons what I think its greatest asset is also its biggest downfall. It's very clear that The Dead Don't Die is just a shell for every joke or every gag that Jim Jarmusch couldn't find a movie for for the right. last 20 years. Right. And he just threw them into a zombie framework. Yeah. And like, cause it's not my favorite Jarmish, but the humor does really work for me at a lot of points. But it is like that is that is not a movie so much <laughs> as it's a long special feature of Jarmusch just having fun right. with people between bigger movies.
3: But, but, but honestly, if you said exactly that same thing about dead man, I would have to be like, yeah, okay. Like I can hear that. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't feel that way about this movie, but I hear that. And so I was thinking about dead. Don't die a lot during this, where I was like, there are, I know people that really like dead. Don't die. And I didn't get that. I was like, I, I don't understand what people see. in. I feel like watching dead man. I was like, I get it. Like, I still don't like the dead. Don't die. But I get it. Like that's how these movies are. Like you, you either vibe with them or you don't. And if you do, like if you really vibe with them, it's like they're really good. They're, you know, they'll just hit you the right way. You know.
1: My and, big issue uh, with the, the dead, dead don't, don't die.
0: not hit me the right way. I didn't. Uh, when that movie bothered me was when it ever tried to do any plot at all. Yeah. When it was, when it was just like, oh, you're just gonna lay some really dry humor at me. I was yeah. like, I can, I can, I can fucks at that. How long is this? Yeah, I could probably do it yeah, for that long. Yeah. But yeah, when anytime they invoked plot, I was like, "Enough with this!" Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Let's move on.
3: Yeah. Let's move on.
0: But man, <laughs> there's a couple gags in that that really work, and there's a few that really don't. Oh,
3: uh, but I do agree. Like the 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 uh, uh, could have been an animal or whatever that That's that the gag funniest at the thing.
0: diner is very. What funny. happened in
3: there? Animal?
0: A wild animal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Multiple wild animals? Yeah, yeah. Very funny. The, the 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 best line in that movie goes to Adam Driver, and it's before that. It was when he first walks in and sees all the dead bodies and goes, "Gross." <laughs> <laughs> just the the way he says it with completely no feeling, just gross. <laughs> so good, so so good.
3: Um, yeah. Well, okay. Oh, hey, so we, I think you asked me for closing thoughts on Dead Man ten twenty minutes ago. So does anybody have closing <laughs> thoughts on Dead Man?
0: Um. I don't know. I think we hit it all. It's just yeah. it's I, I think what we said at the beginning holds holds true here. It is a Jarmish movie, and I think that all of the things that I like about Jarmish movies when I like them are here. And all of the things that I don't like about Jarmish movies, uh which are always in Jarmish movies, but either do or don't work, do work here for me.
1: Yeah.
0: And you know, I think too, it's just watching it also from just like a a modern uh lens of how we feel as americans and you know as white people in america and you know what that means and all that i think just having that on the mind enhances the experiences as well
3: yeah i also i think as somebody that like i've not seen all of jarmusch's movies but i feel like i've seen a good deal of them i am surprised that i don't hear this one come up more i feel like when i bring this up to people they go yes i like that movie um, yeah. it's not like this is like not a well-liked movie. I think people usually, if I bring it up, they say, yeah, I like that. But I am surprised as somebody that is kind of a drama skeptic that this is not the one that I hear about more. O- you know what I mean? That this yeah, isn't yeah. what people point to as like, Oh, well you got to see dead man. Like that'll fucking, that'll do the whole thing for you. Like you'll what get people typically point you to, though? It. I don't C- know. C- I mean, cigarettes. Yeah. Coffee and cigarettes. Yeah. I think, um, also, you know, like Only Lovers Left Alive, I think, actually, is one of the ones that people uh, in recent years have started to kind of turn to. as like that's a kind of the one I'm not thinking of. Hold on. I'm going to click his fucking filmography now because there's one for sure that I think is the quintessential Jarmusch movie. And I'm it's just like not hitting me right. But uh, you guys can continue while my computer slowly loads an internet page. No, it's all good. I I
0: always honestly I think my first Jarmish movie was probably Ghost Dog.
3: Broken Flowers actually Uh, is another uh, one where uh, I kind of like that movie. I wish wish I liked it more. Um, I would like to watch that again because
0: when I watched that, I didn't know who a Jarmish was, and I was more just like, oh, old Bill Murray's funny, like Rushmore. It's so
2: so sad.
0: (laughs) I I I don't remember it really. I don't remember much about it. I didn't realize that was Jarmish. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I just in yeah,
3: my I, head it was just oh, Bill Murray. He's funny. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun You know what's funny is now that I'm looking at his uh, career, it's like oh I have seen a lot of his movies. Like there's there's only a few that I've I've not seen. Um. And uh, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess it probably would be Coffee and Cigarettes, or 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 I think Broken Flowers would be like the big and Patterson. I've heard is great, which I would really like to see in would really like, like to that. see that too, and I I have I'm not that seen
2: that. Posting. Remember movie theaters? I remember seeing that poster in the movie theater.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was there at the, at the video store that I used to go to all the time. B and C Video back in the day. Those were the two big posters that it had were uh, Dead Man and a Godfather poster that had no title on it. And it was just Brando holding the cat.
1: What? Man, I would
0: kill for that. But mm. alas. Oh, you know what's a really good Jarmusch movie that I'm seeing now? Um, this movie rocks. Limits of Control. Oh yeah, I've not seen that. I don't think. You going see your face in the reflection? Yeah, hey. I just it's the reflection of your phone. <laughs> yeah, Limits of Control. It's a, it's a good, an assassin movie, but at Jim Jarmusch's pace, good Limits fucking stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's a good movie.
3: Uh, oh, fascinating. There's something called Neil Young Deadman from 1996. That must be one of the, uh, music the music videos video. you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's the music video. Which I am doing an episode on all of Johnny Depp's music video appearances. And I guess that'll be one of them. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) That'll just be one episode is all nine of the music videos he's been in.
3: Nothing wrong with that. Because he's been in a lot. Apparently, yes. That sounds like a lot.
2: Yes. Probably more than that.
3: (laughs) Does anybody have anything they'd like
0: to recommend? Because I sure do. There is a oh, movie dude. that is out on video on demand right now. It comes out today, the date of this recording. So by the time you hear it, it'll be out. Um, you got to watch Tesla. Oh, the yeah. Ethan Hawke, uh, Nikola Hawk. Tesla, like alt biopic. Kyle MacLachlan plays Edison. And it is just, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's It's not so interested in telling a factual story, although it is like fact-based. But it's more like something like Shirley or uh, Capone where it's like, no, we're not going to talk about a real event. We're going to talk about a big character and we're going to do just big characters. And so this is Tesla is played by Ethan Hawke as a big version of Tesla and a big version of Edison. And it's all being narrated by uh, J.P. Morgan's long, long deceased daughter because she lived at the same time as – as a Tesla in the mid 1800s, but she's just telling the story and like Googling things and doing like modern day stuff. So it like interrogates the relationship between what came out of Tesla's brain, like what thousand things came out of his brain that live in my phone right now that I take for granted. It's, it's really cool and it's funny and it's very stylish. There's miniatures and painted backdrops. And it's just the, the idea of having this brilliant man who is the type of person who cannot advocate for his inventions because he's so insular played by Ethan Hawke, this like superstar who's now behind a mustache and a timid exterior. It's, it's really fascinating how they, they work with all that. I fucking
3: loved Tesla. You should really check it out. That sounds cool. Yeah. I mean, that story is fascinating at face value. I think too. Oh yeah. Two of them in their competition. And they
0: have fun with it. And Jim Gaffigan's in it. And one day he's going to be a great Santa
3: because he's look—he's getting close. <laughs> he looks like Santa. That's that's your recommendation <laughs>
2: that he yeah. needs to play Santa.
3: Yeah. Well, so my recommendation out, like, is remake Tim Allen's The Santa Claus with uh, the the poor man's Tim Allen, uh, <laughs> Jim Gaffigan.
0: That is a terrible way to refer to Jim Gaffigan. I uh, know. I was just trying.
3: To, <laughs> I'm aware
0: and i like tim allen at least in terms of the noises he makes yeah. so
3: and sure, galaxy
0: it. quest sure. but no i although if, if he was a uh, if uh, if jim gaffigan became santa claus the whole thing would just be like oh man i just all these cookies are making me <laughs> <Yeah>. fat <laughs> that why be is a he funny looking then, like you know. santa claus he would do
3: that yeah. The, all the uh, all the makeup and effects would be in the beginning of the movie when Jim Gaffigan doesn't look like Santa Claus, yeah. and then he would <laughs> yeah. just get to be Santa Claus, and he's like, well, he "All these cookies peel. are making me fat." <laughs> hey kids, it's me, Santa Claus.
0: Why is Santa Claus so pale? It would just yeah, be him yeah. doing his, <laughs> his stick. I am I Santa Tim or am Allen's I invisible? Like... Yeah, <laughs>
3: <laughs> you're thinking he probably looks like Frosty
0: the Snowman.
3: It would be called The Invisible Santa Claus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although if I don't
0: remember Santa Claus. I feel like most of that movie was just him being like, oh, ho, 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 ho.
3: ho, 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 ho. There's oh. a weird joke in that movie where the doctor uh, uses a stethoscope on him and his heartbeat is the rhythm of jingle bells. Ding, ding, oh, that's horrible. Ding, 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 it's, ding, the, ding, ding. it's the weirdest joke ever, though, because it's his heartbeat. So there's no melody, it's just thump, thump, thump thump, 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 thump. And it's like, it's like there's no melody to this. How does this joke even work? It doesn't make any sense. It also suggests
0: that Santa came up with Jingle Bells first and then put it out into the world with Santa (laughs) magic. Yeah. Which is fucking crazy.
2: Or Jingle Bells happened and he recorded it on his heart recorder.
0: (laughs) Because he's got one. The elves built it. He Santa. If we are to believe the Santa Claus, the elves are Jews. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that was that was like a thing. That was a thing in the movie. Oh my god! <laughs> that no, but that was that was le- That was legitimately a thing. The no, lead I elf was was a though. Jewish guy, and he was like stereotypical, <laughs> and that was the goof. Was like, oh, just because it's a Christian holiday doesn't mean you can't be involved slave. <laughs> you know? Oh my god! <laughs> I'm just saying, if we look back at some of Tim Allen's stuff, there's probably some things that don't age well.
2: <laughs> yeah, a storied past.
0: A Toy Storyed <laughs> past.
3: <laughs> <laughs> my only recommendation, my only recommendation is Haywire. Steven Soderbergh's Haywire is on Netflix. I've watched it twice in a week because it kicks so much ass. I love Haywire. People should watch Haywire. It rocks. I loved it. That is my favorite Soderbergh movie. It's so good. It is just ridiculous. It's like it is an origin story for female James Bond, and it's insane to me. That the movie Atomic Blonde is not a sequel to Haywire. It should be. Like, Haywire should have started a Mission Impossible esque franchise that stars Gina Carano that goes on for seven movies as she assembles, like, a team of family.
0: Well, she does show up in Fast and Furious, I believe, six.
3: Yes, she does, six. Yeah. She's on the uh, fake
0: Furious team. Yeah. Yeah. The evil Furious team. (laughs) (laughs) Right Um, on. Good recommendation. Yeah. It's great.
2: I've only been watching Twenty One Jump Street over the past few,
0: <laughs>
2: not the movie, the show uh, <laughs> from the '80s, but I did watch Sleepy Hollow recently, and it is on uh, Netflix. It's on Netflix,
3: currently. yeah. I would like to rewatch that.
2: It's so much fun. I like. I will never recover.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's it's great.
3: Yeah, I feel like I Tim Burton is one of those that I enjoy some of his early films and then I just lose a lot of love for Tim Burton as his as he goes along the way. And I feel yeah. like Sleepy Hollow is on the journey of like uh, losing me and I want to rewatch it now and see if like I either I find more to appreciate about it or not.
0: Yeah. Well, that was people forget too when Sleepy Hollow came out, that was a blockbuster. Right. Yeah, I remember it that. It was pushed as a blockbuster and I think so that was like the transition where it was like Oh no, he can do, you know, it's Tim Burton's not just the weird guy. He can deliver something, you know, that's of his flavor and broad. Yeah, yeah. And then he took that lesson of, I can deliver you things with Johnny Depp and spirals. Right. And yeah. so, but this is before he went that way.
2: There's I, yeah. a lot of uh, scraggle trees
0: in there. Love them, scraggle trees. Yeah. yeah.
3: Um, All right, let's uh, let's close this thing up. Jenna, tell people where they can find uh, your podcast and you on uh, the Internet and in the theater.
2: Sure. Well, never in the theater. uh, I know. Uh, Ever again. A global health crisis. But uh, so that means stay home, wear a mask. Yes, uh, because I'm trying to go back to work. But you find <laughs> Dep Impact on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, please rate it, uh, whatever. And <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if podcasts really work. Rate it five stars. You don't even have to listen. Um, and you can find all that information at jennacursey.com. I'm at less than a muffin on most social media channels. Um, yeah, and that's, that's what we
3: Awesome.
1: All uh, right, go pick up you
3: your p- package. Yeah, there's a package. Yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> She's go. A me. There's a package waiting. In the door. Perfect. Go for it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Letterbox at film that's It's with an F. I write for cinema 76.com. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's all the stuff I have to plug right now. I don't have anything exciting going on. Yeah. Same here. Uh, Letterboxd.com slash
0: Dan Scully, Dan Scully on Twitter. Uh, Cinema76.com Findy.com And you can check out My other show Hot Property Um, It's available Wherever you get This show Which can be found At I like Two movies So please like And subscribe Leave some reviews Interact with us We're quarantined We're lonely Give us us something to do Tell us what movies You want to watch Watch them with us Via Zooms or whatever Just uh, be our friends
3: Speaking of, if you're listening to this right now because you uh, found us via our Racer Trash interview, thanks, thanks for uh, coming back, and listening to us again. We that was oh yeah. I don't, I don't know if I I haven't even really talked to you about this, Dan, but that was a very popular episode.
0: Yeah, I saw um, you tweeting about it. I mean, of yeah. course, it was that. That was so much fun, yeah. and they were all really cool.
3: Yes, uh, extremely nice and and fun people to talk to. Uh, I was we nervous
0: about that one. I was about. like, we're gonna talk to some fucking real artists, man. I know. And then they got there, and it was like, oh no, they're just great.
3: I know we just like I keep thinking about how much we talked about Donkey Kong country music and how yeah. that I've been I've been waiting to find somebody to talk to about Donkey Kong country music. You know what I mean? Like
0: I've been kicking myself for I forgot to bring up Biff Wave. Oh, and yeah, I I have been kicking myself for not bringing up Biff Wave. Biff uh, Wave. They should do. It's a portion I of uh one of the vaporwave yeah. movies. They do Biff Wave, and it goes into a lot of Biff material. And I was <laughs> shitting. It was amazing. <laughs> it's
3: pretty
0: good it was legit uh, what, so, what, yes. what is your
3: best yeah uh cool Wait, well why don't we what we thing? i was well i was gonna ask jenna what was in her package before we closed out i felt uh. like the listeners might want to know what's in that box it's even just, though they're not seeing it it's what's
2: in the box what is in the box it is um eye makeup because i figured if i'm gonna be wearing a mask for the rest of my life then i might as well do something funky with my eyeballs sure
3: uh, yeah, have the part of your face that's still visible be uh, uh, pretty wild. Yeah, I get it.
2: Yeah, so it's like neon eyeliner and stuff.
3: Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. I like did neon. Did, did you... Creeper arrive yet?
2: No. Mm. Nor did my shirt that was delivered to the wrong address down the street. Question Ew, mark. bad. Very weird. Very weird. Shop local. Shop local. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I'm waiting right, on, a, uh, on a Creeper uh, from Creep Show. A, uh, oh! What do they call the Funko Pop of that?
3: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that'll be fun. All right, let's do this. It uh, will be fun. I'm Smith. gonna look at it. Yeah, you're <laughs> gonna, gonna enjoy it.
0: What's up, Creeper? You all do now? Dude, I have
3: I have like some diehard Funko Pops that Tori's sister got me for Christmas, and every once nice. while I do look up and I'm like, "Ah, John McClane." It's <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> look up on my shelf, and I'm like. Ha-ha. My my
2: Funko Pops. I have so many Johnny Depp
3: ones. Okay, let's close out. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Garrett Smith and I like to movie, movie. My name is Dan Scully and I like to movie, movie.
2: My name is Jenna Kersey and I like to movie, movie.
3: What's the Depp Impact sign up? Do you just go like Depp? Because it has impact. To yeah. Yeah, I'm just going, impact. Okay. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. Bye. They, they just do the fade out. <laughs> they fade to black. <laughs> yeah, they fade to black.
1: <laughs>